the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Get ready to take notes because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Abigail Johnson. Welcome to Education America, where we are working to save the classroom so that we can save the country. We hope you'll join our conversation. K-12 education is the playing field where the battle is on for the future of our country. The philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next, so says Abraham Lincoln. He was right. Yes, too. he was. Yes, he was Some right. people think he was a relatively smart guy. Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> I think so. I think we could trust his words, yeah. don't you? Well, Abigail, go ahead and introduce our topic okay, today. Everybody. You found a, bike, a book that you like. We did. You guys are all making me read, which is great. <laughs> it's awesome. Reading is a good thing. It is. It's a great mm-hmm. thing. And what is even more fun for me personally is is reading a book, knowing that we get to chat about it here together. And hopefully all of you all have thoughts as well. But um, Rebecca and I were just chatting about, you know, we love talking about education, the field of education, um, what is going well and what isn't going well. Um, but we... But what we want to continue to focus on as well is education is downstream from culture. Mm -hmm. And part of culture is, you know, what are we doing with ourselves to be better people? How are we teaching our kids to be more resilient Mm -hmm. people? And uh, I saw this book and thought, you know what, this is a really good topic. So the book for everyone listening here, the book is called Failing Forward. Um, is the title. It's by John C. Maxwell. And um, personally, um, I don't know about you all, but I like to win. <laughs> I don't like to lose things. And so, oh, come on. Most people don't. Ah, yes. <laughs> That's an anomaly, Abigail. Let's That's just say that no one wants to play a board game with me. because I, Are you the one that's going to throw the, bo- the board at them if you lose I, at the end? Let's just say I'm not a great I, I can be a little obnoxious on either side, whether I win okay, or Okay, I'm going to put lose. you and my husband together then, because <laughs> when we were a young couple, we played, believe it, this is kind of embarrassing to say, but when we were really young, we played the game, the card game War. Yeah. It was like, like we, I don't know how we got into this, but somehow we did. And one time he just got so frustrated, I kept winning. And one time he finally just took the cards and just whipped them at me. I'm like, <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> See, I feel like that's the sign of a really healthy marriage right, right now. Because you have to just be free to say, that's it, I've had it. <laughs> My yes. kids will say the only thing we fight over is games because then, I, you know, Scrabble was another one we would fight over. That's not a word. <laughs> it's not a real word. Right. Oh, my yes. gosh. That was the constant. Yeah. Yes. So... <laughs> Needless to say, for me personally, I I looked at this book, honestly, because I thought failing forward. And, and really, it is about what is the difference between average people and achieving people? Mm-hmm. And the difference is their perception 
and response to failure. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I just honestly thought, I could probably (laughs) learn a few things by reading this. And so, you know, really just kind of, I've read it and thought it was really had some excellent perspectives. The author, of course, you know, there's a whole bunch of stories peppered through the whole book about, Mm -hmm. you know, different people that, I mean, really overcame something very difficult to, you know, to achieve the success that they achieved in life, which Mm -hmm. is always a lot of fun, I think, Mm -hmm. and encouragement for Mm -hmm. adults to read about. Mm -hmm. And especially as we've changed more and more um, in our culture with the books that we read, even the TV shows we watch, um, mm-hmm. I remember growing up, it was always about, you know, like Rudy was a big mm-hmm. movie at mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. You know, this amazing story about this guy that worked so hard mm-hmm. um, and finally, you know, at the end achieved success. Mm-hmm. Um, even mm-hmm. that has changed in our culture. And I think those of us that, you know, have kids notice that we're not teaching our kids anymore that about failure mm-hmm. and about you're going to mm-hmm. fail. You're going to fail mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really thought that this book was just um, really, really helpful. And I'd love to just talk about, you know, how mm-hmm. do we prepare for failure? Mm-hmm. Well, and one of the things you mentioned earlier that is so closely tied to this is resiliency. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think about the culture today and we have such an overwhelming um sense of anxiety and depression that has really set in Mm -hmm. generally, not just amongst kids, um, adult culture. And we know COVID contributed to this, but I also believe that the COVID lockdowns, I should say. um, But we also have to take a look at where our culture has moved. Your point is so well Mm -hmm. taken, Abigail, that back when, and you're younger than I am, but when you were watching movies, there was still a regard for um, pushing forward and having perseverance and being resilient when things don't go your way and keep pushing. And then ultimately, if you work hard enough, you're going to achieve achieve success. Mm -hmm. Now, today, what we're hearing is that working hard is a white, a sign of white privilege, Mm -hmm. white oppression. It's of the Western white culture and or Eurocentric or what have you. And yet pushing forward through adversity is what leads to success. success. And, you know, obviously sometimes people need help, right? I mean, you you can't always pull yourself up by the bootstraps, but, but in general, this is sort of this new notion that we're seeing in our culture today. And so thus having to even talk about or write a book about Mm -hmm. failing forward, you know, um, Nobody likes to fail, but I do think that there's less emphasis on resiliency and expecting that you're going to fail sometimes. Yep. And so now we have to write books about it. Yes. And talk about it. Well, and I yeah. mean, and you think about, we can talk about different educational theories and how they're, you know, contributing to this lack of resiliency and all these things. But I will be very honest. I looked at this and thought, there's a lot of this that even just through participating in social media and the way the culture is changing, boy, some of this I'm just absorbing through kind of like osmosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really great to read this book about about this topic because it it just kind of reinforced for me, boy, am I, am I taking risks? Am mm-hmm. I stepping out there? Am I knowing that, you know what, I, I could fail. This might mm-hmm. not work, mm-hmm. but that's okay. That that doesn't mean... 
I'm a failure or that, you know, life will never be worth living mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how can I model this for, for my kids, for friends, community? You know, how can we learn to be more resilient? And honestly, I think some people naturally are a little bit more resilient. I will be the first person to say I read this book because I thought, hey, I could probably stand to to bolster myself and mm-hmm. learn more about mm-hmm. how to cultivate this. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's naturally one of my gifts. So if you're one of those people, hey, you know, shout out to you out there. <laughs> um, we're not all naturally good at this. But I thought, you know, mm-hmm. part of it is, boy, we just need to see this. You mm-hmm. Because so often now and with the rise of social media, you see you see the success yeah, you because it's on the, your screen or it's right. on your phone or you're listening to it. And you're not seeing the the hard work and the disappointment and all of the things that went into, you know, whatever it whatever right. it is that you're participating mm-hmm. in. And so, yeah, um, I think it's a really important point. In fact, I was thinking about that a little bit earlier um, as you were introducing this topic that with social media we only see the positive. And mm-hmm. I think about how we're we're more exposed to the world today mm-hmm. through social media, so we see more people and more of what they're doing. Um, businesses are more able to get in front of you, even if they're not your local business, right? Yep. And so we get exposed to all kinds of the success. Yes. At least that's what it appears on social media. Mm-hmm. But we don't ever see what it took to get there. Yes. Have you ever heard of that 10,000 hours thing? Have we talked Mm-mm. about this before? No. I don't remember if it was Bill Gates or someone else. And I know he's, you know, (laughs) I have lots of great things to say about Bill Gates. And I might have a few things that I don't love about Bill Gates, but I don't like his common core um, uh, push that he did. But all that to say, I think it might have been him that said, in order to become an expert at something, you need to put in 10,000 hours. And, and, you know, what does this go back to? Hard work, Mm -hmm. right? Hard work, perseverance. And pushing through failure. Um, but so often you don't see what led to it when we're looking on social media. And that's from everything as simple as, you know, seeing a picture of a family having fun on the beach in Florida. Mm-hmm. You might not see the five minutes before that, yeah. what that was like to <laughs> get everybody organized. And, you know, <laughs> but I mean, that's a simple example. But to, you know, seeing some successful business that's being advertised or, you know, mm-hmm. something that, you know, you might think, gosh, you know, I wish I could do that business but you don't know what that person did yep you don't get you you know the family that goes to florida well maybe they haven't gone out to eat in a year right to save you know to say you know they maybe they cut you know cut corners and cut costs you know you know maybe this isn't just the standard thing that they do for years so i just i don't know i was really thinking through this and it was really um interesting so one of the quotes from the book is people are training for success when they should be training for failure Hmm. Failure is far more common than success. Hmm. Poverty is more prevalent than wealth Hmm. and disappointment more normal than arrival. Hmm. And that is a quote by Jay Wallace Hamilton. Hmm. And, you know, really, it kind of struck me that, boy, it's it's not a matter of if you will fail. Right. It's when you fail and and how mm-hmm, you fail mm-hmm. you know are you going to and what does that look like mm-hmm. um and again we can go back to the culture you see all the funny memes about snowflake people and wailing at the sky because mm-hmm. something didn't go their way um but you know how m- many of us though have those thoughts of boy it must be nice that 
so-and-so is able to do this or such and such. But are we looking at, you know, what can we control? Mm -hmm. We can control, you know, our actions, how hard we're working, um, and understanding that failure is normal. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, I don't know, just for me, I don't, again, I don't like to fail. No. I want to do things that I know I have a reasonable chance mm-hmm. of success mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they really talk about, you know, some misconceptions of mm-hmm. failure. So, um, you know, people think that failure is avoidable. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I, if mm-hmm. I just do these things, I won't fail. And, and and they're talking about, nope. And that can lead to, by the way, mm-hmm. not trying. Yes. Because if you don't try, yes, then, then you, you can't, can't fail. fail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And and that is a real trap to yep. get caught in. And and sometimes you see that associated with people with real perfectionistic personalities where they're so afraid to try something because they're so afraid they're going to fail. So then they would rather not try it. Yep. And, um, you know, when you're raising kids, you see some of that in your own children. And yes. how do you how do you push them forward without, you know, pushing too hard? It's, and helping parent, them see, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, in fact, I was having this conversation over homework the other day mm-hmm. and it was you know it's not it doesn't matter if you get the problem wrong it matters whether you learn what what you did that was led to the incorrect sure. answer and mm-hmm. learning how to fix it mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that is that's yes. the whole process yeah um but it's not getting something wrong right. that matters and that is what was really interesting in the book they actually did a couple of um, you know, they gave some examples of where this has played out in real life, where um, one was, was kind of a, a weird situation, but it was a pottery class. And the pottery teacher said to one group of students, I want you to your whole grade, I want you to make one vase. And I want the vase to your whole grade for the whole semester will be based on this one vase. Mm, wow. And then took pressure. another mm-hmm. set of kids mm-hmm. and said, I'm going to grade you based on I want you to make 40 to 50 vases, hmm. but, and then your grade is going to be like a, like an amalgamation mm-hmm. of all of the vases that you created. I will grade you based on, you know, kind of the, the quality of mm-hmm. all of these combined. Mm-hmm. And what he found was the group that only got the one shot at mm-hmm. the vase, um, they almost, their grades were poorer. Their, mm-hmm. the quality was not as good because they only did that one vase. It was the students that had to do over and Mm -hmm. over and over that they really began to grow and improve. And great example, yeah. And I mean, Mm -hmm. weird pottery class. I don't know. Yeah, but no, it it is interesting example. And I and and I even apply that to um, learning self discipline in school. You know, there the trend these days is to not have. Um, a lot of negative discipline, you know, mm-hmm. don't say no as much and that kind of thing. You can't do this. Um, and I am all for positive discipline to yes. the degree that you can. Absolutely. We encourage, we praise, we, um, but you know, there's certain behaviors in school that are disruptive that have to be stopped. Yep. And at our school, we use the, you know, the color system, right? And when a child gets a certain number of, um, times that they've been spoken to, they have to come home with a red light report. Mm -hmm. And I have had parents tell me over the years, oh, my child's trying so hard to never, ever, ever have a red light report. And then when they get one, oh my gosh, it's the end of the world. And I have to say to them, look, this isn't meant to be punitive. Yep. The whole goal of the red light report isn't to punish. It's to train. Yes. It's to help them understand that, hey, this is what I did. 
And this is what I need to do next time. And if a parent views it that way, it's so much more healthy for the child than if the parent reacts and says, what did you, what did you go and get a red light report? You know, this is the worst thing in the whole world. No, you are a child and you need help growing. Parents are part of that, hopefully churches and community and also schools. So we're all going to work together. And that's kind of the whole, the multiple opportunities, right? That's kind of like making a lot of vases Mm -hmm. until you come to your beautiful vase. Yes. You know, these kids then learn self-control Practice, practice, yeah, as they get older. And um, yeah, you're right that it's just a not as common today to really be embracing that. So yes, mm-hmm. and there is, and I think you're probably right that the even the prevalence of social media usage for those that have a perfectionistic quality, it probably increases their tendency to be even more perfectionistic just mm-hmm. because they're watching all these perfect things. So then you just again don't want to try. Right. But I thought this book did a really nice job. They talked about you know don't fear failure and they give all these examples of you know people yeah, that we would story. all know of tell oh the my story gosh. about this roger crawford I, that is this amazing was, so i, I actually I want to see this him. on video i did i looked did him you? up after okay because okay. i was so impressed with this story so this i mean i will be honest this was kind of one of the more i guess i would say extreme examples yes. of this in action yeah um yeah so the author went through um, and one of the examples of basic, so the author's point he's trying to make is failure is in your mind. Mm -hmm. You know, that if you fail, you are not a failure. Mm -hmm. You know, something didn't work correctly. And this is all about your mindset, your Mm -hmm. mental attitude in how you approach something that didn't Mm -hmm. work. Mm -hmm. And so to talk about that, he gives the um, example of Roger Crawford, who was, and you all can go like, and I encourage you Google this guy because yeah. I did. And I just went, I'm oh, going this to, is great. I'm I really going to like learning more about this guy. <laughs> so he was born with a condition called electrodactylism and which basically means that he doesn't, he has no hands. He has like a thumb type appendage, appendage, appendage on the end of his arm. And then he doesn't have one of his feet. Um, and he has no palms. His legs and arms are also shorter than normal. And mm-hmm. this is how, I mean, this is how mm-hmm. he was born. And um, all the medical professionals when he was born told his parents he will never walk. He will probably never be able to support himself financially. Mm-hmm. Um, he will never lead a normal life. Mm-hmm. And it, what is just, this is just fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Roger's parents were determined to give him the best chance at a, living a normal life. Um, they told him, you are only as handicapped as you want to be. Hmm. And Hmm. when he was old enough, they sent him to regular school. They involved him in sports. They encouraged him to do everything he wanted to do. And Roger said, something my parents never did was allow me to feel sorry for myself or take advantage of people because of my handicap. Hmm. Hmm. That is is truly amazing. I mean, it is. I mean, honestly, it's really convicting yeah. as a parent would mm-hmm. would I have the mm-hmm. fortitude to mm-hmm. do this right well you you know would might wonder well what what, what did that result mm-hmm. in well it resulted in he um, ended up becoming a varsity tennis player in high school went on and played tennis with no hands no palms um man played tennis in college became at an Loyola NC- University yeah, became an NCAA um division two and Please forgive me, tennis. I'm not, tennis is not my sport. United but, States, yeah. He went in mm-hmm. to play 
professional, professional tennis. Unbelievable. And is very well known. I cannot wait to look this so you, up. So you, yeah. if you Google him, you can see pictures of him playing tennis. Yeah. So now, obviously, he has capitalized on all of his success and is a a motivational and inspirational speaker. He's a business consultant. Hmm. So people have him and you you can listen to him speak. And I will tell you, you just about want to go and run a marathon after listening to him. And what I, what I deeply appreciated when I listened to his perspective was he says, you are going to encounter adversity. Mm -hmm. So figure out what will your mindset be when you encounter it? Because there is no such thing as, you know, the the road is just going to be smooth for you. And I mean, how often now in our society do we hear, well, the road should just be paved for me. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, if there's any obstacle whatsoever, I'm going to start blaming someone mm-hmm. um, instead of, and here's someone that has every reason to give up. Mm -hmm. But what was really interesting to me was the book talks about how um, he, you know, has had all this success. And it was when in when he was younger, he had all this success and had someone approach him saying, I have the same, I also have this electrodactylism, and I'd love Mm -hmm. for us to chat and get together. It was in someone that was a little bit older than him. And Mm -hmm. he writes, Roger writes that he was really excited to meet this guy, Mm -hmm. kind of thought like, great, I can finally connect with someone that has had a lot of the same obstacles and challenges. And he said that really after talking to this person for only a few minutes, he realized he was wrong. This person would not be able to be a mentor to him. He explains, instead, what I found was someone with a bitter, pessimistic attitude who blamed all of life's disappointments and failures on his anatomy. I soon recognized that our lives and attitudes couldn't be more different. He had never held a job for long, and he was sure that this was because of discrimination. Certainly not because of, as he admitted, he was constantly late, frequently absent, and failed to take any responsibility for his work. His attitude was, the world owes me. And his problem was that the world disagreed. He was even angry with me because I didn't share his despair. Mm. And I just, I mean, that. Yeah. Doesn't that speak to what we're dealing with in our culture right now with respect to the whole critical race theory, white oppression? Um, You know, there is going to be people whose lives are not easy. They're, They're dealt a terrible hand and they need the assistance. Like, Roger, compassion. Roger got assistance. Mm -hmm. He he had the blessing of a beautiful family that loved him and encouraged him and gave him opportunities and what have you. And not everybody has all that, right? Yeah. So then we as a society need to come around them and encourage them and love them and encourage them and love them and and give them the opportunities rather than saying, "Oh, you poor thing." Yep. Never mind. You're never going to be able to. You're never going to be able to do it. It's like you know what? I mean, and I truly Google this guy. He has a website. It was a shot in the arm just to listen to him because you just go, yes, mm. that's who I want to be. That yeah. is the attitude I want to model for my kids, for my coworkers, for anyone I come. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, life is hard and I am going to be positive. I'm going to try to produce good work. And mm-hmm. um, and I will say it just it, it was really funny, too. And this guy clearly has a great sense of humor. He has a picture at the bottom of his webpage of he and his wife who've been married for many years now and it says his quote was here's my wife and i we were high school sweethearts she just didn't know it i love that (laughs) i just thought man this guy is fantastic and how much can we how much do we need 
that type of, you yeah. know, hit, what he can bring. Yes. Which is yeah. Yeah, positivity. Positivity in recognizing yeah. mm-hmm. he's not saying life hasn't been hard. No, he's he's but had he's I'm saying sure so multiple work, failures so over many. the years to be able to get to I honestly think where he has. He has a couple books out so that you never know, guys. You might have to you might learn more about him because I might be reading one of those books. Soon, I but love it. It's just it was and you just think, yes, this is what this is what inspires those of mm-hmm. us that have, mm-hmm. we've had a long day. We've had disappointments or things that just didn't work out. We need that encouragement from our friends yeah. and our family or just from some random yeah. person on the Internet saying, keep going. Yep. Another thing that I think is important that um, you mentioned was highlighted in the book is the fact that being teachable is yeah. so um, critical for being able to take failure and, and yes. fail forward, right? And I think that, you know, you can all think of people in your life where, you know, if they fail or if they if something goes wrong and then somebody tries to help them and say, well, why don't you try doing this? And they're like, oh, yeah, forget it. I already tried that. It doesn't work. Or, you know, yeah. versus, oh, maybe I should... Even if you had tried it, maybe I should try that again. Or maybe mm-hmm. I should try that with a different attitude. Um, yes. Or maybe you really hadn't tried it, but you're just so frustrated and giving up that you don't want to try something new. But being teachable, I mean, they say amongst like coaches that that is one of the most important traits mm-hmm. in an athlete is that they are willing to be te- taught and coached by their coach and yep. that a natural athlete um, will will obviously go much further if they're willing to be teachable versus, or even a child that maybe doesn't have as much skill. If they're teachable yes. versus one that has natural skills and isn't teachable, they can achieve more. And yep. um, it's probably true for everything, academics, anything. Well, I, I mean, imagine. I remember, yeah. you know, if you've ever, oh, you remember, he's not too far in the past, Tom Brady, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. And, you know, this is one of my few sports references. There will probably be zero more in the future. But I remember at one point, you know, my husband made me watch something about Tom Brady. And I mean, this guy was up early in the morning watching game tapes Mm -hmm. constantly, you know, practicing, 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 improving, improving, improving. And that is what it talks about in this book is it's not just well, it's just 10,000 hours. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's not just fail and be fine with it. It's fail, learn from the failure, fail again, learn from that failure, you know, and then eventually it will lead to success. And really one of the other things that I thought it was so interesting to hear about this book was um, they interviewed a psychologist, um, a psychiatrist, mm-hmm. and he talked about, well, what advice would you give to someone who's feeling really anxious and on the verge of like a mental breakdown? Mm-hmm. And the psychiatrist said, get out of your house, find someone in need and do something to help that person. Oh, wow. What? That's powerful. Yep. So said, simple. A major right? cause of negative thinking and poor mental health mm-hmm. is self-absorption. Hmm. And again, you know, we're all part of this. We're all mm-hmm. watching, you know, mm-hmm. Twitter, TikTok. Instagram, mm-hmm. we're taking pictures of ourselves or our kids mm-hmm. or our lives. We're putting mm-hmm. it out there. Mm-hmm. And I have just thought how much of that is leading to inadvertently, you know, you're thinking about, well, I want to share this fun thing. You're trying to maybe build community with mm-hmm. keeping people up to date and all of that stuff. But how much of it is leading to this sense of self-absorption? Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, we look at that effect on on younger kids as right. well. It's really hard. But I just thought, yes, that's 
that mm-hmm. is probably at the root mm-hmm. of so much of this anxiety and it is and depression is self-care self-help and you know mm-hmm. in reason let's define our terms guys mm-hmm, we're not mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know bashing having a warm bubble right. bath or getting you know going out for a date night but realizing that some of this is get out there see mm-hmm. that there are lots of people with lots of challenges yep. go and be helpful it will contribute to your sense of well-being mm-hmm. and purpose and you know give you resiliency yes mm-hmm. build your resiliency so that you can help build the resiliency in other people yep. and in your children so the book is failing forward everybody it's by john c maxwell if you think this sounded interesting the book is a pretty easy read it's really fun take a look all right thanks a lot see you next week Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.